0: Welcome to the Parlay Podcast, a thought-provoking and entertaining podcast that breaks down the pathology of speech, language, and other processes that affect the way we communicate on a daily basis. Professor of speech and language pathology, Chantal Mayer-Crittenden, hosts a bevy of guests who help her explore and explain the diverse landscape of speech, language, and their relationship with the brain. Uh, hi, everyone. This is Chantal Mayer-Crittenden, your host for the Parlay Podcast. This is already episode 13 of the podcast, um, and I am really excited today. With uh, This is, you know, things happen for a reason, I always say. A uh, few months ago, I believe it was, I had an impromptu visit from a speech and language pathologist, and um, I will say her first name for now, and I'll let her say pronounce her last name, so uh, Tanya. Uh, and she was just in the area. she's a grad student from uh, Laurentian University and Alumni, and she just wanted to come and talk to us and see the department. So I sat with Tanya and we had a, a lot in common and a lot to talk about and I said, you should be a guest on on the podcast and she uh, immediately agreed and we just had uh, you know to to work around our schedules but I'm thrilled to have Tanya with me today Uh, so Tanya maybe before we go on can you please pronounce your last name I didn't want to I should have asked you before recording but that's okay my last name my full name is Tanya Nestorenko okay Tanya sorry uh Nestorenko oh see that's not that hard no exactly the way it's spelled (laughs) exactly um, okay, so, Tanya, um, you worked as a speech-language pathologist, and you still work as a speech-language pathologist, uh, but you're also doing something very interesting, and so you have um, kind of a, a little side business, side hobby, whatever you want to call it, which is called the executive presence, um, so, uh, you know, be your message, I, I you know, very... Excited to hear more about that. So maybe tell us a little bit about yourself in general, your uh, journey as a speech-language pathologist and as a coach um, and how you got to where you are today. Thank you, Chantel.
1: Thank you so much for having me on. So first of all, I'm very proud to also be uh, a woman from Northern Ontario, Mm -hmm. a graduate of Laurentian University, and I often try to go home every summer and stay connected to the people in the North. Um, I'm also fluent in English and French, and that was one thing the North gave me. je suis bilingue dans les deux langues, en anglais français. And I also work both as a speech pathologist and also as an executive coach in both languages. Um, but my journey started out as I've always considered myself a bit of a linguistic geek. I love the messiness, the grayness, the the lack of predictability in communication. Um, At the end of the day, communication really is an exchange of energy between two people. You need two people present, you need two entities present for communication to happen. Um, As a speech-language pathologist, that was a natural job profession to go into. Um, I was actually determined to work in hospitals and help those affected by stroke and head injury, and regain and rebuild their communication skills, but life had a different path for me. I ended up in the neurodiverse world of supporting learners with autism and Asperger's, how to become more effective communicators and to help them navigate the world of social interaction. So after 20 years of uh, <laughs> fast forward, <laughs> fast forward of feeling um, most days like I'm not working, but that I'm playing, I'm just enjoying my life, I'm living my passion. I decided to disrupt my life a little bit and shift things. And I went back to school to get um, certified as an ex- a certified executive coach, to not only be able to work with learners in the school system, but also be uh, contribute to organizations developing high potential leaders and their communication skills. Because think about it, funny that nobody actually really taught us explicitly how to communicate. Yet, it is something we work, we we do every day, and we have vital conversations that can influence outcomes and change people, change mm-hmm. lives, make decisions. Mm-hmm.
0: So most people are not aware that we all possess the superpower. That's right. And, you know, as speech-language pathologists, we are trained to help people communicate, but these are typically people who have an underlying communication disorder, a speech disorder. They may... Have a voice impairment. They may stutter. They may have a brain injury, a stroke. So there's a reason for them to not be able to communicate like their, you know, neurotypical peers. But uh, what's interesting about your shift in uh, your career as an executive coach is you're working with people who may not have any underlying communication disorder, who are functioning quite normally, who are very, very successful, but need that extra training to really be an effective communicator would that not be a a good way of putting it that's an excellent way of summarizing Mm -hmm. it thank you
1: Chantel another perspective that I'd like your listeners to consider is that we also have to think of talking and engaging communication as any other skill Mm -hmm. right we all move our bodies but some of us are better at it they're called athletes but we still all move our bodies that's right Right? Some of us, we can all draw, but some of us are better drawers. They're called artists. Mm -hmm. And we all talk, but some of us are better at it. Some of us, for whom it just talking and conversation comes more naturally, and other people that it takes a little bit more conscious learning effort to become an effective communicator. Mm -hmm. It has
0: nothing to do with your intelligence, it has everything to do with the skill set. Absolutely, and I think most of us have all sat in a, an auditorium somewhere listening to a speaker and think, "Wow, you know, what a good speaker!" And and it's really hard to pinpoint what makes a person a, a good speaker. What makes what makes them excellent at conveying their message, at convincing, at at persuading? At, you know, so it, it's really interesting. Like you said, it's not something that we necessarily just learn uh, on our own. I mean, some do. Uh, Sometimes we just need that extra training and and really getting um, more precise in the way that we want to convey our messages. So, uh, you've kind of done a lot of different um, types of work over the last 20 years or so, working with kids with autism, Asperger's, and now as a certified executive coach. Um, So, maybe what if you don't mind sharing, what makes a person a good communicator? Um well, I'm gonna start off by
1: by stating the quote, you know, your energy or your presence introduces you before you've ever said a word. hmm for sure. Right? We all know that. Our nonverbal speaks so much louder. And the first thing we have to do we have to consider is is understanding who we are, what are our strengths what are our values and how we're living them because if we're showing up who we are we're working with an energy that naturally propels us forward and right away we pique other people's curiosity mm-hmm. but if we're showing up with any hesitancy or doubt or st- or our confliction people will pick up on that mm-hmm. we may not be able to label it an it. But at the end of the day, subconsciously, they're kind of wondering, hmm, Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, when you need to communicate, you need, it's about building connection and trust with somebody. Yeah, for sure. If you have connectivity, if you have a certain level of trust, people will be open to be influenced. People will be open to receive your information and then act upon it.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So When you ask, what's the first thing people need is that they need presence
0: and they need to know themselves, and they need to own who they are. Mm -hmm. I like that. And I love that quote, you know, your energy and your presence introduce you before you even say a word. That is very true, and that goes back to that that presence. Now, I believe when we met, um, you had, you know, talked about how a lot of your work with kids who have autism kind of really made you realize a lot of these things. Now, can you maybe talk a little bit about that? Because you were helping, uh, you know, uh, for some of the listeners, a lot of uh, kids, teens, adults who have um, autism, social communication is very difficult for them. It doesn't necessarily come naturally. So as speech-language pathologists, we help them with some of those social communication skills. So maybe how did, you know, working with autism lead you to, well, autism kids or kids with autism lead you to this? So, um...
1: I am incredibly grateful that I got to work with learners with autism and Asperger's. They taught me so much. They were willing to share their perspective, what they were seeing, what was, what, how were they seeing the world through their eyes. And that led me rather than saying, this is what you need to know. I started off by saying, tell me what you're thinking tell me what you're seeing tell me what you're feeling i really got their perspective on the world which gave me an idea as to where they were are to then propose a you know a treatment plan mm-hmm. or a development plan a growth plan as a follow up but it really needs to start to understand where that person was and where they were seeing the world and from there that really force my hand was to take a, a more in-depth look at what communication was and breaking it down and understanding all the surface components but also the deep components such as you know perspective taking mm-hmm. so it's you know I could teach I could teach people with autism um, how where to place your hands how to respond what kind of vocabulary, but where I was able to go was a little bit deeper in saying, okay, let's see how you are interpreting this information and you're responding to how you're taking in information rather than responding to respond.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they, it really forced my hand was to take a deeper look at communication and the breakdown in all the different strands that we need to strengthen in order to become an effective communicator.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, like you said um, earlier on, you know, communication is something that happens between two people, and we we don't necessarily we can plan what we want to say to a person, but depending on their response, that often changes. You know, we can have, you know, especially if you're meeting uh, an employer, for example, and you want to ask for a raise. Let's say so you'll go in with your arguments, and yes, this is why I deserve it. This is why you know I I, I should have this raise, but depending on their response. <laughs> The conversation can go in a completely different direction, and I think that uh, a lot of um, folks who have communication social communication disorders it's the, it's interpreting our communication partner's response that might be difficult, and then modifying our intention. okay, I, w- I wanted to go and say, you know, X, Y, Z, but hmm, <laughs> maybe I need to shift my my thoughts a little bit. So that's really difficult for sure. Well, naturally. As as human beings, we search to get
1: our needs met. Mm-hmm. That's that's normal. We have our primitive brain who's there keeping us safe. We've got our ego. That's part of that's part of who we are. And we want to get our needs met. We have families to look after. So when we're going after that race, it's very natural for us to say, you know, this is what I've contributed and this is why I deserve it. Mm-hmm. And what What I do is that I I shift how we look at communication about and look at it from the point of view of a win-win. How am I, through this race, how am I getting my needs met and how how am I adding value to your pain points? Uh So how I'm meeting both my needs and how I'm meeting the organization's needs. So really going in with a balanced approach and being able to effectively communicate those arguments. Mm-hmm. But we need to be able to take other people's perspectives
0: mm-hmm.
1: and as we know, it's one of the hardest communicative functions, even for typical people
0: yeah, absolutely yeah. we've always we've all been in a conversation where you just get a sense that that person is not really listening to what you're saying, you know they they kind of have their mind made up, and whatever you say, they're kind of going on that tangent or you know one track mind and it's it's frustrating when you're you just kind of okay I'm not going anywhere (laughs) that's what we call a positional conversation and I think we'll probably touch upon that later on okay yes yes
1: of the different types of conversations yes
0: Mm -hmm. now this podcast is about communication and um, that's really um, what, what I found was missing is that people don't necessarily appreciate all that is involved when we're talking about communication. It's not just talking. It's like you said, it's really being able to put yourself in that other person's shoes and and try to understand their point of view and then modify our um, intentions, like I said. So uh, you've kind of touched on it a little bit, but what, what would you say communication means to you? Communication,
1: when I first defined it, it's an exchange of energy. Uh So for me, communication is about connecting. Uh It's really the glue. It's the medium that we use to connect with other human beings, with other living beings, Uh right? So as I said, if you both show up, if two people are there, these être vivant, living beings, there's an exchange that happens. Mm-hmm. and what happens is that you're suddenly connected you may be connected for a brief moment or that connection may be nurtured to develop into a deeper relationship so it's all about connectivity and as a second step once you're connected you're building trust and how we communicate can inadvertently either continue to to build trust mm-hmm. or can inadvertently actually decrease trust so oftentimes it's not a question of ha- have we trust or mistrust somebody but it's how much we trust mm-hmm. so therefore if I only trust to a certain extent I may only share certain information I may not I may choose to not be vulnerable
0: mm-hmm.
1: or to only be vulnerable to a certain extent and therefore that sets barriers where ideas can't come out and can't blossom and evolve solutions creative solutions are are less possible
0: Mm -hmm.
1: it's all about connecting for trust so that the exchange of energy and ideas are free-flowing right to see where the conversation can go and how can we help the uh, the outcome the best possible outcome to this conversation
0: Mm hmm and, you know, that uh, connectivity, you know, how sometimes we'll meet someone and we'll say, wow, you know, we really hit it off. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's that that connection that you feel and then other people, well, you know, it was fine. Yeah. It, it was a good lunch, but nah, you know, <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly. But you still connect to a certain extent for sure. Right. So think about it in any kind of organization, you've got colleagues, mm-hmm. a team you work with every day. Right? You need to have that connectivity as strong as possible. And you don't necessarily need to be best friends with them. That's not what I'm saying at all. Nope. You need to have that connectivity and that certain level of trust. So, one of the activities that, um, that um, I'm certified in conversational intelligence, and one of the activities I do in my workshop is that I put up a post, a picture of a monkey and a grandfather clock. And I ask, what do these two things have in common? Hmm. (laughs) And most exactly, and people go, hmm, I don't know. So let's think about it for a moment. What, you know, Chantal, what do you think these two things have in common?
0: Well, um, I guess both are or been around for forever you know the grandfather clock you think of that and you think of something that is no longer really being used but it's been along forever and it's kind of the precursor to uh you know the the watch and the digital clocks that we have today and so if we look at the primates I don't know that's Mm -hmm. kind of the connection that I'm making with it too that's the first thing that came off the top of my head
1: excellent I haven't heard that connection
0: okay fantastic (laughs) any other connections that come to mind um well if I'm just looking at visually, typically they're both brown. So I don't know. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. hmm. they both have yeah, they both have faces. a face,
1: yeah. They both require energy. hmm Yeah. They both have hands. Yeah. Uh, they both make noise. Mm-hmm. Etc, etc. etc. Right. Where I'm going with this exercise is that oftentimes people immediately will look at their colleague or somebody that they need to interact and go, "I' have nothing in common with them." Mm-hmm. So right away, that connectivity is incredibly limited. So therefore the engagement, the output, the impact is going to be limited. Mm-hmm. But what if we reframe things? What if we dug a little bit deeper? So we just did an exercise with a grandfather clock and a monkey that right away on the surface, you kind of go, I don't know what they have in common. Suddenly they do actually have lots of things in common.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: For sure. And that's, and that's part of connectivity is really searching to say, Hey, what commonalities do we have? Mm -hmm. And it could be just a commonality that we both want this project to be successful. Yep. Even
0: though I
1: play hockey and you do curling but guess what? We both want this project to be successful.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think as clinicians, um, you know, whether you're a, anybody, and in, in, uh, if you're helping others, or whether you're a physician, a speech language pathologist, a nurse, if you're working at a servant, Service Ontario government office, if you're trying to help another person, we often try to build that rapport, try to figure out, hey, what can we talk about? What might we have in common? What, you know, what can we, and, and I find as soon as someone, shows interest and in, you know, Oh, well, look at your shirt. You're, you know, oh, my, my nephew plays on that team as well, or, you know, that yes. right away it, it helps to make that interaction a little bit easier. Something as simple or si banal
1: as mm-hmm. my nephew goes to that school. That's right. Right away. There's a connectivity. You've built rapport. Mm-hmm. So where organizations in order to develop a culture of engagement, I'm encouraging them to go is putting people before task. Mm -hmm. If you connect with people and people are showing up, engaged, excited, knowing that their ideas are going to be welcomed, then the task part will fall into place. Mm -hmm. You're not fighting to put the task in because you've
0: already put the people skills in. You've already put in the connectivity. Mm -hmm. Well, would that not be linked to staff morale? You know, if staff morale in an organization is low oftentimes it's because they don't feel valued as people anymore. They feel like it's just a task. What's the next task? And get to the next task. Yeah.
1: Because nowadays, the research have really shown that um, they're talking about something called AMP. Okay. A M P. That what people are looking for is autonomy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That they want to be, they don't want to be micromanaged. No. Nope. want to be left alone to do their job. It does not mean they don't want to be supported Right. But they don't want somebody looking over their shoulder. They That's want right. to go into the job knowing that they're they're left alone to go do their thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm confident that whichever way they're going to do it. Um, AMP M mastery. People want to be good at something.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That there's an organizational pie, and this portion of the pie, I'm really good at. There may be other people in the organization, but almost a little bit of a subject issue. Uh, um, master in it. Mm-hmm. Okay, subject expert. And this is what I contribute. And I'm the go-to person. And, and I'm really great at doing X. Yep. And then P is purpose. Is that I'm left alone to do my job, but I still feel supported. I'm really good at this piece of the pie. But this piece of pie is I know the purpose of the bigger pie. Right. Knowing that where my triangle is going is going to make it a bigger impact. And that all comes back down to communication is that oftentimes organizations don't feel that they need to tell their employees where they're going with this or they're, they're incredibly vague. Mm-hmm. But having kind of a, you know, they talk about lead with your destination, knowing where this project is going. Mm-hmm. how it's going to impact the company and their customers will naturally motivate somebody to be part of it
0: mm-hmm. and that's all communication
1: <laughs> all because everything happens through conversation
0: that's right absolutely yeah or 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 if it's a memo if it's an email if it's you know that's that's written communication so they you have exactly. to choose your words carefully how you're going to write it how you're going to To announce, uh, you know, a a new goal or or whatnot. It's interesting because I was actually just talking about uh, that with my husband this morning. How, uh, you know, not in those words, but we were talking essentially about the amp, the, you know, autonomy. But you you don't want to have to report to your superior for, you know, minor details. You know, you want that trust. I can do my job. I know what I got to do. Let me do it. And I'll show you that I can, you know, I can be really a good master at it. No, for sure. Um, so, uh, as part of your your journey um, as an executive coach, can you maybe for those of us, including myself, what what would that look like if I if I contact you and I say, you know, I think I, I really need to work on my communication skills, uh, Tanya? Can you can you give me a hand? What what would you say to me? How does this work?
1: <laughs> well, it's always important to find out the person's needs. Because I've worked with kind of two two different types of clients. First client is where um, they they approach me and they say, "I have an interview with coming up in two weeks, so I need to be laser focused. I need to get in, and I know I need to shift some things." Mm -hmm. So we have uh, we have kind of we're a bit laser focused, and we're we have a burst of sessions together where we identify what's the, what's the outcome, what kind of presence, what kind of impact did the person wants to have, and we quickly pull a plan of development and growth together. Okay. On the second hand, I've got another batch of clients who say, you know, i recognize recognizing developing my communication skills is not going to happen overnight. So when I engage with, with a client, I like to take a good six months. Okay. The first part is really starting to get to know you as a person. Remember how I talked about, you know, be your message? Mm -hmm. So a lot of times, you know, one of my first questions is, is what kind of leader do you want to be? And some people respond and say, well, I don't really, I don't have any direct reports. And I say, well, fair enough, but you're still leading yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And people often don't think of that reframe oh yeah you're right so what kind of leader do you want to be what what kind of impact are you looking to have and the third question I'll start off with is um what kind of legacy do you want to leave how do you want people to remember you
0: Mm -hmm.
1: right because again that's going to define your actions so we start off with the discovery because we always have to lead with a destination in mind. Mm-hmm. Where do you want to end up? Let's do visioning to say, this is where you want to end up. And let's draw a picture so that we have your roadmap. I can't dictate what your, your growth plan is going to be. We create the growth plan together through a discovery. Yeah, yeah for sure. And then, then as a second step, before we kind of continue, or as our second step to continue to dive deeper, we talk about, do you know your strengths? Do you know your values? Mm-hmm. And even if you do, how are you living your strengths, leveraging your strengths? How are you living your values? So it's, it's, it's sometimes doing a little bit of a house cleaning mm-hmm. first and getting away the cobwebs and really identifying those self-imposed barriers and what you're controlling, what you're not in control in. And then as a the next step, then we start to come out and say, okay, in terms of your communicated presence... What do you have? What do you need? What do you want? Mm-hmm. And if we have a destination mind, often the growth plan spells itself out.
0: Yeah, that's. I love that, and I like how you you know, you make a distinction between the two types of clients. It makes sense to me. Um, you know, I've been in a lot of interviews where I'm the one interviewing. And sometimes I, I knew the person ahead of time. and But then during the interview, I'm thinking in my head, oh my gosh, they're not communicating what they're able to do, what they have to offer. And it's like, I know they have it, but they're just not communicating it. And, um, you know, through references and like that, everything everything usually works out. But yeah. you know, as I'm sitting there listening to them thinking, no, you're not selling yourself. You're not saying all of that I know that you're capable of. So for sure, it's it's so important if you're, Working with an employer who you've never met, mm-hmm. uh, or if you want to go ask for a raise, right? Or you want to yeah. go advocate for advocate for change.
1: That's right. Kind of it's it's um, yeah. So that first type of client is that very situational specific.
0: Mm-hmm. And then I, I imagine that you know oftentimes you must have some of those that then perhaps want to explore a little bit and and be able to generalize those skills to other situations and environments.
1: Well, it was, it was nice. Uh, One of my clients, we'll call him John, one of my clients um, didn't get the job. um, But he was approached after and said, um, he's within an organization where he's slowly moving sideways and up. So he's gone through several interviews, and he's throughout his career, and he's been there for 20 years. But after this last interview, they approached him and said, you know, John, something's very different. Mm. You, you approached this interview completely differently. What did you do? And his response was, oh, I hired an executive coach. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah. So even though he didn't get the job, the fact that he, and there's politics and there's many reasons why, but he came back to me and not only was a compliment to himself, but he was also acknowledging his change. And he was very proud that they had recognized the changes in him.
0: Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. That took a lot, actually, if, if the changes that he did instill were, were evident to others. because mm-hmm. um,
1: They had a good baseline because he had interviewed previously and, and throughout the years. So they had a very good baseline of yes. his communication skills. So then, therefore, they could see the difference.
0: This really reminds me a little bit, um, so episode 12, I interviewed Barbara Collier. She's the executive director for um, Communication Disabilities Access Canada. And, um, you know, we were talking about the importance of of communication, that it's a human right and everybody has the right to communicate. So Mm -hmm. kind of going, you know, from from one extreme to the other here, how in, in that particular episode, we talked about how some people, they, they, they have a hard time communicating. And so we need people around them to, to help them to, you know, this is something that's difficult for them. Whereas the work that you're doing, um, you know, you're still helping them, helping them communicate, but to, to reach different goals. So, you know, whether you're just trying to get a service um, or trying to sell yourself and try to, try to expand your career, I think um, as a speech language pathologist, you're very well positioned to do this you not only have the, uh, the executive coach training, but also kind of what is language? how do we convey a message? what is communication? what's going on in our brains? I think it's such a fantastic um, you know the baggage that you bring to this is so unique and I, I think your clients are very lucky <laughs> to, to have someone with all that knowledge. Well I'd like to actually put out a first challenge for listeners. Okay, Okay. something
1: that they could think about and start changing their behavior on.
0: For sure. Let's do this.
1: So, So I've always said that everybody has a right to communicate. But more importantly, if we look at the communicative functions, everybody has a right to get their needs met.
0: That's right.
1: Because what happens to our behavior and our energy when our needs are being met? We're calm. We're engaged. We're present. What happens when our needs are not being met? We're disheveled. We're excited. We're in panic mode.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, because we are the author of our own message, what would happen if we can clearly communicate to get our needs met?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right away, the quality of all of our conversations would go up. Oftentimes, though, people will articulate or communicate what they don't want as their quest to communicate what they do want. Mm-hmm. So I put out a challenge to start listening to themselves and saying, okay, when I'm putting a request in to get my needs met or to get anybody's needs met, put it in the positive. What do I want to happen? Not do, what do I want not to happen? Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to be able to do this versus I want to stop doing that. Right. But it's so much easier to say what we don't want, mm-hmm. so much harder. So sometimes we have to start stating what we don't want, but then we have to find the
0: counterbalance. Mm-hmm. And when you're on the receiving end, it's it's much more positive <laughs> when yes. the person in front of you is, is talking in that, you know, this is what I need, this is what I want, this is what I'm working towards, versus mm-hmm. the person who's sitting in front of you. Because the person who's talking more about what they don't want, it sounds like they're complaining, doesn't it? Exactly. Like yeah. And
1: the person can, will hear directly what your needs are, mm-hmm. and that person can then be able to meet those needs. Mm-hmm. The situation can meet the needs, but we often we can't meet the needs if we don't know what you want, not just based on what we don't want. Mm-hmm. So this is a challenge I have for all your listeners: is this is a goal that a goal uh, a communication goal that everybody can work on? Mm-hmm. Start communicating what you want. Again, lead with your destination.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, communicate I like what you that.
1: do want and like you added it's positive mm-hmm. positive exchange of energy
0: yeah absolutely and I can see how it could take you know a good six months because there's so much self-reflection and I think sometimes we don't do enough of that we don't really know who we are as individuals no. and what we're capable of and and our, our destination, what do we want? Why are we doing all this? Like, sometimes I, qu- I ask myself, <laughs> <So> <laughs> Right now, I'm working on this grant, and it's due tomorrow, and it's just crazy, and I've got so much going on. And I'm thinking, what am I doing? But then I'm like, yeah, no, I'm doing it because of this, 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 this. These are little growing pains, and I, I got, you know, we have to go through it. Um, and that's something that I've learned over the years, is that I have to, I, I always have to ask myself that, okay, is this really leading to my end goal is it helping because I, I you know I'm a yes person uh I, you know so you have to learn to maybe this is not really going to help with my destination and kind of put that aside it's, it's very interesting something that I really want to do but yeah but
1: deciding exactly yeah but if you're every time if you're leading with your destination mm-hmm. you what you want where you want to go mm-hmm. you're able to redirect and reshift and reframe
0: back to that direction yeah yeah yeah, for sure. And that's something I'm not, I always wonder, you know, I've been a speech language pathologist for uh, so 17 years. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, and, uh, you know, a researcher, professor for about 11 years. And I, I wonder, in your opinion, maybe you'll, you'll have, is this something that takes time or can we have, you know, a new a new grad, let's say, fresh out of, of grad school, university. Um, I mean, I'm sure they can have a destination, but does a lot of this just happen over time where we really figure ourselves out by doing? I don't know. So f- figuring this out, you mean figuring out who we are? Figure out who we are and what our, what our destination, is, long-term destination, is that something that can be developed very early on in a career or is it something that takes a bit of time and and figuring out, like I said, by doing it. So in learning, there's always two aspects, two big aspects. There's the what we
1: want to do, and there's how we go about doing it.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Okay. And often the what is a little bit less negotiable. This is what we need to do. This Mm -hmm. is where we need to end up. And I think with any kind of mentoring, like even in grad school, I would hope that, Part of, uh, and I had this, part of my my course back at Laurentian is kind of, where do you envision yourself? Where do you want to end up working? What kind of setting? What kind of uh, clients? Mm-hmm. Okay, so developing, it was much more on the professional, not on
0: the personal. Right.
1: Um, but if you're surrounded by that mentor or that school system that asks you those questions, mm-hmm. you know, that could start off very early. The how you go about doing it is everybody's on a different personal journey. Mm -hmm. And everybody comes with a history and experiences that will either shift somebody to propelling themselves forward faster Mm -hmm. at one point in time, or may may slow them down and say, no, they need more time, they need more experience. So the what of development, I think, can happen incredibly hurriedly.
0: Mm -hmm. even
1: as a parent I do that to my my daughter you know what do you want to do what do you want to accomplish what does that look like and it's okay she changes her mind but how is her journey and I go along at her speed so even with my clients how they develop is up to them and I'm with them supporting them and not judging them but rather supporting them in their journey of development
0: yeah, that really makes a lot of sense. And um, I recently read A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle, and he mm-hmm. talks a lot about that, how you can get to your what, but sometimes how you get there is not necessarily something that you're proud of in the end. Um, and so I think that that's where, I like your, how you're saying the need sometimes for a mentor when we're younger earlier on in our career and it's okay and that's actually a great idea to have a mentor someone who's been through it and who maybe went about it the wrong way and and can give some some advice some sound advice well as we all know failing is a learning opportunity right yep
1: right so we need to have that balance of both successes and what do we learn from our success and what do we learn from our failures and what do we learn from other failures Mm -hmm. and what do we learn from just
0: experiencing yeah, it's neither success. It's just doing mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Okay, so you know, I asked you if I if I'm calling you, Tanya. I want help with my communication. We decide to go on the, the six month journey because I, I don't have you know a, a laser uh, a goal in mind. Then then what happens? How you know do we do we meet uh, in person? Um, like what what kind of work would you do with a person? So.
1: I'm based out here in Toronto, Mm -hmm. but believe it or not, I actually have some clients in Montreal. Okay. Um, Because of the wonderful world of technology that we're in in 2019, uh, there's always, you know, the three mediums that I use are one is either telephone, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: uh, video Zoom, Mm -hmm. or in person. Yep. And it really depends on what the needs are. And a lot of work, believe it or not, a lot of communication work can actually be done over video Zoom. Oh, for sure. That's what we're doing right now. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And people don't think that. People think they like, you know. And mm-hmm. I also think a lot of clients like the video Zoom because it gives that visual connectivity. Yes. Right? Absolutely. If I'm going to be vulnerable and I'm going to be open and honest with this coach, even though as both a coach, a certified coach and a speech pathologist, 100% of what you tell me is confidential, as per our code of ethics so you're doubly covered with <laughs> <laughs> um, I I find a lot of my clients um like that 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 medium of having the zoom mm-hmm. in addition um I always do make the effort no matter where they are at some point in time is meeting them in person okay again it's to strengthen that connectivity because you're yeah. getting another dimension um yeah. and then we decide again remember how I said, is that we go through a discovery and then we put together a, pl- a growth plan, a plan of development. And then we decide at what point in time in that growth plan do, do we actually have to meet in person or can we continue?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that makes sense. And then depending on what they want and what their, their goals are, then you'll, you know, might touch base more frequently or less frequently. Absolutely. So it's nice that it's very much uh, tailored to your client's needs
1: absolutely because it's their journey I'm there to support them and for them to be successful to have their intended impact
0: mm-hmm. so if anybody's interested they can go to the executivepresence.ca and they will Thank find you. out more about uh, all that you have to offer uh, I'm on your website right now you know we talk about you know what is it that you do exactly there's a lot of really nice quotes on here um you know, because the best person to lead and deliver your message is you. That is just, it seems so simple, but I think we lose sight of that sometimes. That, you know, if there's anyone who can advocate for ourselves, it's us. Um, so, yeah, definitely people can can take a look. Now, what um, would be some of your favorite resources?
1: Um oh my gosh where do I begin uh I can I can come up with a couple books so one thing that I love if everybody wants to do this it's called strength finder 2.0 okay it's about a 40 dollar investment and so if you just google strength finder 2.0 into indigo chapters it'll come up right away okay what I love about it is that it identifies your strengths and guess what when we know what we're good at, mm-hmm. it makes us feel great. It propels us forward. It's natural energy that we're leveraging. Right. And it's something, I don't know if you notice. it's something I put down my strengths at the bottom of my email.
0: Okay. Oh, I didn't notice. No.
1: Okay. okay. <laughs> so that I know for myself, that's something that I either look at directly
0: or indirectly every day and I'm reminded because we all... Oh, there it days. is. Yes. Woo, arranger, <laughs> futuristic, positivity, individualization aren't those great strengths? Yes.
1: Yes. Woo. What is woo? Woo means I can talk to almost anybody. Okay.
0: Connect with anybody.
1: Yes. Okay. And I love it. I
0: absolutely love yes. Great. And you know, I like that because, and I know employers are moving away from asking in an interview, what are your strengths and weaknesses? Because we always get the same response, but it's going beyond the, well, I'm responsible. I'm, Punctual, I'm organized. You know, like it's, I like that. All of the words that you use are not that, that. To me, in an interview, would would really make me want to know more about the person. You know, because it also communicates that hey, I'm getting to know myself.
1: Yes, for sure. And I'm leveraging who I am and what I have to offer. Yeah. And it's showing that growth mindset of self development.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm okay so uh strength finder 2.0 yeah and I've got two more books that I would recommend
1: I've got tons but for now two more books um for body language oh yes the definite book of body language by Ellen and Barbara Pease okay this I found I've got about a dozen books of body language I find this is the easiest book to read okay it really give you an indication as to what our body communicates Again, at the end of the day, we really have to make sure that our nonverbal is aligned with our verbal. Mm-hmm. You know, how many times have you heard people say, I'm not angry, listen to what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> <Freaking>. <laughs> uh, I am, but everything else tells us. Yes. So again, if we're not showing up as our best self, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what words we use. Are nonverbal, it will be misaligned. It's Mm going to feel that we're not really truth-telling, that we're doubting, that we're unsure. That's right. So this is is a great book for nonverbal. And then for my third recommendation, um, Conversational Intelligence by Judith E. Glaser. G-L-A-S-E-R. So like I said, I'm certified in this in conversational intelligence because they talk about uh, IQ Mm -hmm. and then they talked about emotional intelligence. Well, now they're talking about conversational intelligence.
0: Okay.
1: As a own skill. And um, unfortunately, uh, Judith actually lost her battle this fall, her seventh time battling cancer. Oh, wow. Yes. And she was, I believe she was in her early fifties, but she was a really the pioneer of conversational intelligence and bringing the neuroscience behind
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the brain activity because you know that's why that's why i called uh, conversation and communication um, and energy exchange mm-hmm. because what we can do is that we can shift the energy and the brain chemistry of somebody else that can either shut them down yep. or lift them up and engage Absolutely. And she. this is and this is a really nice book that summarizes everything.
0: Okay. So I'm going to put those three books on the show notes at theparleypodcast.com. So if anybody listening wants to find out more, they can definitely go. I will also put Tanya's website information on there as well. So all that, um, you don't have to jot notes while you're listening. I'll, I'll have it on my website, theparleypodcast.com. Thank you, uh, I'm, I Thank you see Tanya and uh, she's got this huge library beside her and you can see that there's a ton of books there so (laughs) she was trying to you know quickly pick the best ones to to share with the listeners so we I'll definitely take a look at those and I think um, body language for me is a really big one as well and you know sometimes you see a person walking into the room and before they even say anything you can capture oh wow they they don't look well or you know maybe they seem angry, or the, the message they're going to deliver is going to be stern, or, you know, mm-hmm. or they've said anything. And
1: that's why I say it's like a superpower, is that we all have it, we all possess it. And we may not go, oh, I noticed her left eye twitch, and her right lower mandible, you know, tightened, mm-hmm. therefore I know she's angry. But we walk away going, hmm, I heard her message, I heard mm-hmm. her words, and yeah, I, I hear what she's saying, i just not convinced. Mm-hmm. And that's that trust component. And that's that, that trust component going, okay, what are they hiding? For all we know, they could have had a really bad sleep and fight with yeah. their spouse. We don't know. But because of our primitive brain, we err on the side of caution.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We go, well, we really don't know what's going on. So I just, because this is not feeling so good, mm-hmm. I'm just going to decide that mm, I'm not going to buy. I'm not going to buy into what she's saying or what he's saying or what he's offering.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's so important what you're saying. Just uh, if you think of any organization and the people that are the leaders of that organization, um, we, we, again, as, as primitive beings or primitive brains, we judge people often based on, on how they communicate and how they said thing. And if, if what they're saying doesn't match with how they're saying and how they're delivering the message, we just kind of, yeah, don't get that, that good connectivity that you were saying. So actually, may I actually,
1: you brought up the uh, about judging. Yes, yes. Actually, just play a little game with the listeners. Absolutely. Okay. So oftentimes, we are all going to judge.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We often say, oh, I'm going to stop judging. I'm going to stop doing this. I'm going to stop doing that, right? That is also very hard. It's just like, you know what? If I want to lose some weight, if I say I'm going to stop eating sugar, I'm never going to stop eating sugar.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But what can I do to reduce Eating sugar, what can I downregulate and what can I Mm upregulate?
0: Because
1: if we put a stop start to things, I'm going to start doing this all the time. I'm going to stop. The moment we fail, Mm
0: -hmm. we
1: often abandon. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So I want I want your your I'm inviting your listeners to listen. So if we say I'm going to work on downregulating, excluding what be what behavior do I want to upregulate or do more of? exclude, downregulate. Mm-hmm. But I want to do more of including. You got it. Mm-hmm. So if I want to downregulate judging, mm-hmm. because it's going to happen. So yep. don't beat yourself up when it happens. But if I'm going to do less judging, mm-hmm. what do I want to focus on doing more of? Mm-hmm. Accepting, whatever. Appreciating, yeah. you got yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Okay, what about I want to downregulate limiting? What do I want to do more of then?
0: Well, again, it would be uh, accepting or broadening your your horizons. or <laughs> Exactly. Expanding. That's right. Yeah. Right? Same thing with withholding. Mm-hmm. I want to do less withholding,
1: especially information. Right. That's right. So what, what do I want to do more of? Okay. Sharing. You got it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, instead of knowing, I'm the know of all. I'm the know, like, I know it all. Right. What do I want to do more of? I want to do more of discovering. Right. Yep
0: that's a good way of putting it Mm -hmm.
1: right so again instead of doing less of dictating i want to do more of developing Mm -hmm. and the last one is very important rather than doing more criticizing because we know criticizing doesn't get
0: us anywhere Mm -hmm. i want to do more celebrating of what is working
1: Mm -hmm. and And that goes back to
0: what you were saying going in with a positive message Exactly. What do you want to do more of. Yeah, for sure. What do you want to do more
1: of? This is what these are what my needs are. This is what our intended outcome is. How do we go about? Because again, a lot of organizations, it comes down from the top. This is what we need to accomplish.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Let's look at our behaviors. And what could we do we need doing more of? What actions represent mm-hmm. celebrating, uh, expanding, discovering? And defining those behaviors and engaging in those behaviors.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great challenge for, for our listeners to maybe, you know, pick a few of those and, and try to focus on what they want to do more of. And, yeah. and then you feel successful when you do do more of that instead of feeling uh, like a failure. if you Like you said, if you didn't stop completely the, the right. negative aspect of it.
1: So, but if we're focusing on doing more of something, mm-hmm. we will naturally decrease for sure. The all, there's decrease. only so many hours in a day, right? There's, so, so. <laughs> there's only so much energy. Exactly. Exactly. So you might as we'll be focusing what you do want, what you do want to occur.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So and make those actionable make those actions or behaviors observable. Okay. Okay. Be nicer. Well, what does nicer mean?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because everybody has a different definition. Oh, I'm going to say. I do my direct reports. I'm going to check in on them for just no reason but to check in on them. Mm-hmm. That's what being nicer means. Right. I don't know what it means for you. I'm just, but those actions are actually observable. You
0: know, as speech pathologists, yes. we like to have objective goals. Absolutely. Yes. Well, we can nice observe. And it's nice to know that you're, you're making progress and that's, yeah. that's how you do exactly. it. Exactly. And again, everything you're saying there's some element of communication in there. All of those actions, you can't you can't um, be nicer to a person by not necessarily talking or, or communicating, whether you're communicating by opening a door and giving them that nice smile and that gesture, that's communication. Again, it's all about how you connect with other people, because mm-hmm. everything happens through conversation. Well, I was about to ask you, what is your take-home message for our listeners and I mean, you have so many, but is there, you know, one, one message? Because I'm looking at the time and we've almost talked for all, an hour already. Oh my gosh. gosh. <laughs> um, I will give credit to Michelle Obama.
1: Okay. Because this is a message that actually really shifted myself. Um, so I got the opportunity to go hear Michelle Obama speak about a year ago. Oh, wow. And Lucky you. Well, actually, I, I do have to say that I could not afford the $1,000 ticket, so I problem solved very creatively and was able to get hired in the kitchen. Oh, <laughs> good for so, you. <laughs> so not only did I, uh, not only did I uh, hear her speak, hear her message, I got to have the lunch, and I walked out with that uh, 200 bucks in my pocket.
0: Excellent. Hey, you had your destination in mind and you got there. (laughs) You're darn right. Um, But
1: during her, her speech, she talked about owning your story, own your story. And I think there's so many of us who are so focused on what we haven't done and our failures and to really embrace what you are, what you're doing, what you contribute and what you failed at, mm-hmm. and what she talked about was that when she used to walk home from school, primary school, she had to navigate three different gangs, so she had to learn three different patois or lingos because these gangs had a different culture. Mm-hmm. And because she went through that, she says her adaptability and resiliency is through the roof. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, and I she bet. said,
1: "Girl, girls, because it was a, it was a group of women." She's like, "Women." Damn it, to be in the White House, you have to be resilient. (laughs) Oh,
0: Oh, goodness. I can only imagine.
1: So that really shifted because I used to say, I'm just a girl from Northern Ontario. Yeah. Now I say, wow, I am a strong woman from Northern Ontario. That's right. Who chops her own wood. Yep.
0: <laughs> Build our own fires, jobs are own wood. You're doing yeah. right. If you get through our, our winters up here, you will be re- very resilient. <laughs> so it's about owning who you are and mm-hmm. embracing that. Yeah. And I see it a lot with our millennials. A lot of them have a hard time owning their story. And, you know, I, I try to empower them and I work, you know, teach mainly women field of speech and language pathology there are there are some men there's about for for every 10 women there might be one guy might um, yeah. But for the most part it's women and, and even the guys it's like gosh just own it you're here you made it you know exactly a grad student and sure there's going to be tough times of, ahead but own it and, and yeah. be resilient and get through this and, and sometimes I finally struggle with that and and
1: that's why we start with our strengths and our values and getting to know a person mm-hmm. because I could teach you whatever you need to know about communication, but if you're not going to own who you are, yeah. you're never going to be able to own the communication strategies yeah. and have your intended impact. So that, that would be the parting message
0: is For sure. own I like who it. you are and own your story. Yeah. Thank you, Michelle. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Michelle Obama, for that. <laughs> well, thank you, Tanya. This was a, a super interesting conversation. Um, kudos to you for taking on this this new journey and making it your own and, and being successful at it. I think that a lot of listeners will find interest in this. And um, just out of curiosity, is this uh, being an executive coach, uh, is this something that is very common can people find executive coach in their locations you know what what are the keywords that been-
1: absolutely um we're part of an we're not a regulated healthcare professional as speech pathologists are um but we do have to go through exams and we belong to an organization an official organization one of the big organizations is the international coaching federation okay and so if you type in ICF or International Coding, Coaching Federation, mm-hmm. you can look for a local chapter because just like not all speech pathologists are created equally, not all coaches. That's right. And the most important per- thing you need is to find that connectivity. And that's why a lot of coaches will offer their first session of discovery for free. okay because really, you know, you're testing the waters, the litmus test. Yeah. is great connection and are we do we have to are we do we have the skills to meet each other's needs
0: yeah okay that's a good point so yeah uh, they can they can google that and and see all right and if you're in Toronto or even if you're not in Toronto you can get a hold of you and like you said technology has allowed us to be able to work with people from all over the place so exactly that's fantastic well thanks again on that note uh I hope you have a great weekend and uh, I, I'm assuming our our paths will cross again. Um, this was it, was it was such a coincidence, but I'm really glad that we we met and that we had this episode today. Cheers! All right. Thank you. Cheers. Take care. Bye. Bye.